2023 meeting of the San Francisco Health Commission. Secretary Morowitz, will you call the roll? Yes, I'll start with Commissioner Chow. Uh, present. Commissioner Chung. Present. Commissioner Guillermo. Present. Commissioner Green. Present. Commissioner Gerardo. Present. And Commissioner Christian. Present. Wonderful, thank you. And Commissioner Chow will be reading the land acknowledgement. Thank you, it's my privilege uh, to read the uh, land acknowledgement for today. The San Francisco Health Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatrish Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land, and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatrish Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples, who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatushaloni community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples. Thank you. Thank you. The next item on the agenda is something we look forward to every year, which is recognizing the tremendous work that's been done at Zuckerberg San Francisco General by several teams that have really contributed to the welfare and health of everyone in San Francisco. And I guess uh, Dr. Ehrlich or whoever's coming up from the team, are they? Uh, are we gonna read it now? Or um, yes, um, each of the commissioners has been assigned and so we can go ahead and just begin there. Wonderful. So the first award is the Department of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Yes, um, the, the team of the program name is um, Department of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And it's nominated the um, CSFG teams of program is Sophia Lai and Gretel um, Shakipu. Is it Shakipu? Um, I hope I didn't butcher somebody's name. Um, equity is the first pillar of CSFG True North Goals, and both Sophia and Gretel's work is foundational to the accomplishments of driving equity into everything we do. Sophia demonstrates humility in her understanding of staff and leaders' approach to the implementations of equity, and Sophia presents a multiple committee um, at multiple committees, including management forum, expanded executive committee and the executive committee. Her presentations are purposely tailored for the audience throughout the organization. Sophia has shared her knowledge, expertise, and understanding of DEI. In addition, she has challenged the departments to be more intentional about the work to drive racism out of our organizations without shaming and or blaming individuals for their lack of understanding. Since Sophia Lies joined ZSFG as the director of DEI, she has partnered with all departments to drive their performance improvement, patient safety, PIPs, um, equity driver, and has and has increased the participations from 50% to a consistent 65% and above. She has availed herself to partner with human resources to drive equity in the hiring process, as well as retention. Gretel is a wonderful addition 
to the DEI department. Her support is undoubtedly palpable. Um, her assistance to the departments has not only resulted in the di delivery of the equity metrics, but also a better understanding of the difference between equity and equality. As a data analyst, Gretel is charged with learning and understanding the data, satisfaction of the data, teaching and driving performance improvement with the information gleaned from the data and assist in setting up the harm dashboard. Both Sophia and Gretel are believers in the mission, values and purpose of CSFG and are deserving of the recognitions for the continuous work to deliver the best to our patients and staff. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. And now Commissioner Gerardo will read the staff experience and well-being. Yes, the staff experience and well-being team is being honored and this is a group that is, I feel, essential to the functioning of um, the wonderful staff. <clears throat> the staff experience and well-being team deserves the award for their unwavering commitment to enhancing healthcare staff well-being, reducing burnout, and fostering a supportive and innovative environment through initiatives like Wellness Wednesdays, Pet Therapy, and Gratitude Month, resulting in improved resilience and satisfaction among our healthcare professionals. Their creative programming has had a significant positive impact on staff and by extension patient care. This team's dedication and compassion are truly exemplary in the healthcare field. I'm gonna just add an absolutely necessary. Again, Robert. And now Commissioner Chow will honor the Code Lavender team. Yes, thank you. Uh, it's my privilege to introduce the uh, nomination of the Code Lavender team, which I think is uh, very unique in many uh, uh, hospital settings. The Code Lavender team allows CSFG to care for our caretakers. Healthcare workers are at an increased risk of burnout and that puts a strain on their physical and emotional well-being. Health worker burnout harms all of us, but our Code Lavender team is there in a compassionate way in the immediate aftermath of events on the hospital campus. This is a program that activates a rapid response team to hospital departments and units that is focused on supporting the staff members at ZSFG. Through our Sojourn Chaplaincy Program, our staff members receive support during a trying event such as a patient death, severe injury, or workplace violence incident. The Code Lavender team is a wonderful example of the dedication of our team members uh, showing not only to our patients, but to others. I think it's a wonderful idea that we have a team that supports our own staff that delivers that care to all of our patients. Thank you very much. And I have the privilege to honor the Women's Options Center, which is so near and dear to my heart. 
So the dedicated and compassionate women's option clinic team has consistently demonstrated an unwavering commitment to providing high quality abortion services to our patients and advocating for women's health access, which is so critically important now in the post-Dobbs era. Women's Option Clinic has gone above and beyond in their mission to ensure that women have access to safe and comprehensive reproductive health services. A subset of their team has even traveled to Kansas, where they delivered vital care in a sometimes hostile community environment, showcasing their resilience and commitment to their cause. This level of dedication to ensuring access to reproductive health care is truly commendable and has been recognized by national organizations. Furthermore, I would like to highlight the significant contributions of Diane Green, a member of their team. She recently received a MacArthur Fellowship. What a recognition for her groundbreaking study, the Turnaway Study. This sheds light on the considerable social and economic costs that women face when they lack access to abortion services. The Women's Option Clinic team, with her contributions, has played an instrumental role in advancing our understanding of the real-world impact of reproductive health access. One particularly noteworthy achievement of this team is their founding of the Complex Family Planning Fellowship, which aims to ensure that abortion services are an integral component of OBGYN medical training. By taking this initiative, they are actively shaping the future of reproductive health care and promoting the essential role of abortion services in women's health care. Wonderful. And the last is the Psychiatric Emergency Services Team. For that, we will hear from Commissioner Christian. Thank you. Uh, it is my extreme honor and pleasure to read this award today. Uh, obviously, psychiatric emergency services anywhere, um, and but in our city, uh, particularly, are so fundamental to assisting San Franciscans and people who are visiting our city in uh, some of our most vulnerable times and uh, the times that we all need, uh, we all would need. Amazing, the amazing assistance that we get from our staff at San Francisco. General, so I'm pleased to read this award. The SFS, the ZSFG Psychiatric Emergency Room, PES, embodies an unwavering commitment to compassionate and efficient care. Demonstrating unparalleled dedication, the expert team of psychiatry staff and providers consistently delivers timely interventions and tailored patient centered treatment plans fostering an environment of empathy and understanding for patients in acute mental crisis. With a comprehensive approach that integrates cutting-edge clinical practices, PES has significantly reduced wait times and improved patient outcomes, serving as a crucial pillar of support for individuals grappling with severe psychological distress. Moreover, PES's innovative initiatives in destigmatizing mental health issues within the community along with its proactive collaborations with local organizations, have successfully promoted awareness and fostered a more inclusive and supportive environment for those in need. Through its tireless efforts to redefine the standards of psychiatric care, the PES has set a commendable precedent for excellence in public health services, truly deserving of this prestigious recognition. And uh, I do wanna once again thank everyone involved with PES for their daily work, their hourly work to um, ease the pain in our city. So congratulations.
and uh, yes, and thank you, commissioners. Um, I just wanted to congratulate everyone who got an award today. It really highlights um, the spectrum of care that ZSFG provides to the community. Uh, and the rich services and really, again, um, wanted to honor those that have won and, and appreciate all the work they do to um, better the services to our patients and to the larger um, San Francisco community. Yeah, I think we are all just so honored to be able to honor you for this exceptional work and the incredible dedication. And these teams are in, indeed exceptional, their work impactful, but they're emblematic of all the work that goes on at the general that we, we have the privilege of hearing about it every joint conference committee. So we are really very pleased to participate. Thank, thank you so much for all the work you do. Before I ask for public comment, can we do another round of applause for everybody? Absolutely. So, uh, folks, uh, if you'd like to make public comment uh, on this item, we are on item two. You can do so by letting me know the folks in the room. I don't see any hands here. Or you can press star three online to let us know that you'd like to make a comment on this item. All right. We see no hands, so we can move on to the next item. All right. And the next is the annual report from the general and CEO, Dr. Ehrlich. Good afternoon, President Green, Commissioners, Dr. Baba, uh, Mark. I am just so delighted to be here this afternoon to present our annual report. Uh, first, I also want to thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart for recognizing our teams. Um, you're exactly right. They are emblematic of the work that um, our teams do generally at ZSFG. Um, but I want to give my own thanks to the Department of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, our staff experience and well-being team, our Code Lavender team, our Women's Options Center, and our PES team. Um, they're all truly exceptional, and um, it's my privilege to work with all of them. So I am here to present our 22-23 annual report. Um, I want to start just by saying... Um, a little bit about the theme of this report, and you'll see that in the letter. Um, it, the letter isn't on a PowerPoint slide, um, but as I thought about the theme for this year, it was really about emerging into our new normal. Um, this is the first report in many years that hasn't focused almost entirely on COVID, um, and that's, that's, that's really a relief in some ways, and this year has also, also brought new challenges that I think are common um, to most healthcare organizations in the United States and even in the world today. Um, and I also think that we've met those challenges and um, done really remarkable work in spite of those things. Okay, next slide. All right, uh, so I think most of you know uh, well uh, who's, who we are at CSFG. Um, we're part of the San Francisco Health Network. We're one of the two hospitals. We're the only trauma center, not just level one, but the only trauma center for San Francisco and northern San Mateo County, and that's depicted on this map. We're the city's only 24-7 psychiatric service where you can see a psychiatrist and a team of experts 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we are a top academic medical center um, due to our uh, long and deep uh, partnership with UCSF. We serve about 100,000 people a year, um, and that's really across our community. Um, we provide about 20% of the inpatient care in San Francisco, and our population is incredibly diverse um, with many ethnicities, races, languages, um, and uh, we love being there to do that. 
Next slide. Our mission, vision, and values have been the same um, for as long as I've been at DSFG. Our mission is to provide quality health care and trauma services with compassion and respect. And our vision is to be the best hospital by exceeding patient expectations and advancing community wellness in a patient-centered healing environment. Our values include joy in our work, compassionate care, and thirst in learning. Next slide. Um, these are the numbers. There are many more numbers in the report that you can, you can peruse, um, but these are the highlights. Um, again, about 100,000 patients served. That's about um, equivalent to 20% of the San Francisco population, so we're a really important provider. Um, 280,000 plus outpatient visits. And these visits, of course, span the continuum of ambulatory care from primary care to medical and surgical um, specialty care. Um, 65,000 medical and psychiatric emergency visits, 45,000 uh, almost urgent care visits, uh, 1,200 babies born. This is a new record for us. We're really happy about that, um, at least in the recent past. Um, a little more than 2,000 trauma activations. Um, and then you can read the rest of this. Um, we put COVID at the bottom. <laughs> it was at the top in our previous reports, but it's, um, it's still an important part of what we do. Um, many thousands of vaccinations, um, and it's mixed in with a lot of other great things. Next slide. Um, our financials, interestingly, haven't changed a lot. Um, we, uh, our budget is uh, a little bit uh, more than a billion, uh, with a B, a billion dollars a year. Um, and we mostly cover that with revenues, um, and we'll say more about what comprises those revenues. The general fund support has varied from year to year, and that's mostly, um, you know, in the recent years because of assistance we got from the federal government for COVID, um, but it also um, includes other revenues that come in um, from audit settlements and things like that. So it, it, it typically is about $100 million a year, so um, about 10% of our budget only is supported by the city's general fund. It's, it's a small percent, but it's truly important to be able to provide the level of care and service that we provide. Next slide. So this shows our payer sources. They also are pretty uh, stable over time. The vast majority of our revenues are Medi-Cal and Medicare. Um, we do have some commercial um, insurance, and that is mainly from the business we get through the trauma center. Next slide. Um, so uh, as I mentioned before, the partnerships we have really allow us to do the work as we do. And our most important partnership is with UCSF. Um, you can see that um, not only are uh, our UCSF providers providing clinical care um, and um, educating um, the providers of tomorrow, but they're also doing quite a lot of research. Um, there's a thousand, uh, more than a thousand research awards at ZSFG, um, more than 300 um, principal investigators, and a total of $208 million. Um, the thing that's so important to know about this, this research is that whether it is, um, you know, wet lab research, basic research, or whether it is um, based in the clinical setting, it's all about improving care to people on our campus. And a lot of it actually has worldwide uh, impact. So um, it's a very important reason that um, we are who we are and that we can provide the care that we do and draw the team that we do um, to our campus. Next slide. Um, 
the other partnership that's really critical to our work is our partnership with the San Francisco General Hospital Foundation. Um, this is um, this this foundation is, um, I believe, the most successful public hospital foundation in the entire country, um, and you can see that reflected in the money that they've raised. Um, we celebrated our 150th anniversary this year, and they were able to um, take advantage of that anniversary to raise $2.4 million, and that um, heart is proudly displayed. It's our 150th anniversary heart. It's proudly displayed on the mezzanine of our hospital. Um, equity innovation grants, um, formerly known as Hearts Grants, um, $12 million that have been, has been awarded since 2004. Um, many notable recipients, like... Um, the Sojourn Chaplaincy and the Code Lavender came uh, started with a Hearts Grant, Social Medicine. There are many, many examples of this. And then our Transform Mental and Behavioral Health Fund, um, $5 million plus has been raised there, and it's doing important work in the areas that you can see. Next slide. Here's COVID. Um, you can see, you know, we still are providing care to patients with COVID. We're still providing vaccinations. Um, and uh, we have been, as it says on this slide, uh, cautiously ease restrictions over the year, although there still are plenty of restrictions. We still wear masks at the hospital, for example. Um, but it, um, it is not the, the primary focus of our work. And then you can see um, we had a very swift MPOX response. In particular, I'm so proud of the fact that we, we provided actually the vast majority of the city's MPOX vaccinations right at our site. Um, so that was a really important way that we, um, we contributed to the, the health of the community. Next slide. Staff, and ex staff experience and wellness could not be more important um, at this time. You, you just uh, awarded um, uh, commendations to our staff experience and wellness team. And I am just delighted every day by the things that they do. Um, and you can see cooking classes, exercise classes, yoga, um, wellness pop-ups. We have the SPCA every month um, with uh, therapy dogs in the wellness center. Um, it's, just, it's just a terrific group, a very small and mighty group who is um, just always thinking about um, how to make sure that our staff are well-supported um, and happy in the things that they do every day. Next slide. Um, two, well, we've, we've talked about the Code Lavender team, and, and there they are with their Code Lavender cart. Um, we, uh, last year, um, you gave the BERT team an award, and the BERT team um, is also just an incredible supporter of staff wellness um, and a, a really um, very forward-thinking, cutting-edge way of um, of supporting our staff and making sure that they have the tools they need to de-escalate situations and making sure there are fewer violent events on campus. Um, so I can't, I can't say enough great things about these two teams. Next slide. Um, this year, Pride Hall opened. So this is the newest building on our campus. It is a UCSF-owned building. Um, this, this building was probably... 20 years in the planning. Um, it, it came up from the ground pretty quickly during, during the pandemic um, and now is a bustling center. I was just there for a meeting yesterday and it's, it's absolutely beautiful and it's a home for all of the researchers on campus to do the very important work that they do. Um, this year we also dedicated the street between Pride Hall and Building 5 
to Dr. David Sanchez, who, as you know, was a really important member of this commission. Next slide. Um, there's lots of highlights in the report, and I, I really recommend them to you. Um, uh, we did we focused a lot of attention on nurses. Um, we have about almost a thousand um, nurses on the ZSFG campus. Um, so we support, you know, we want to support their promotion um, and their their career advancement, as well as just bringing in as many um, nurses as we can. And we did that with the career fair, fair among other things. Next slide. Um, we also have really important um, partnerships with the community. Here's a couple of things around overdose prevention and our comprehensive breast care. There are other examples of our community connections in the report. Next slide. And this was a very unusual year for milestones. It was so fun to celebrate these um, groundbreaking programs. I mentioned, you know, for us, 150 years of care to the San Francisco community on our campus. And pretty much, I think, six, minus six months, we've been 150 years in partnership with UCSF. And that partnership um, really makes us the special place that we are. Um, 40 years of Ward 86, 50 years of OTOP, um, which is our methadone uh, clinic, and 40 years of the Sojourn Chaplaincy. So um, I'm not sure what happened <laughs> this year, but um, we had this wonderful culmination of all these great programs that have been with us for a long time. And not just providing service, but really setting, setting the bar for treatment um, and for clinical standards in the case of Ward 86 and OTOP um, in, the, in the work that they do. Next slide. Um, there's no end to surveys on our campus. Um, we had a, joint, a successful joint commission, a joint commission survey for stroke, um, and we had another for our 4A skilled nursing facility. Um, these are just two examples of the many surveys. I think we have them um, most, most weeks of the year, but these, these ones went particularly well. Next slide. Um, uh, it's really nice since the pandemic, which slowed down a lot of our capital work, to see a lot of movement in our capital projects. This is so important because, um, you know, most of it is, is focused in Building 5, which was planned in the 1960s and opened in 1972. Um, it is really doesn't meet the needs of our patients or our staff. And a lot of the building that we're doing um, in there is, is really creating nice spaces for our, our, um, for our staff and patients. So uh, Wound Oasis is one example of that. The seismic work that the 2016 bond was focused on is about 30% complete now, which is great. Um, and then we have other smaller projects like um, the security uh, scanner installation in the emergency department that helps keep our, uh, keep our staff and patients safe there. Next slide. Okay, um, I'll talk a little bit about our True North strategies. Um, this, this triangle should also be very familiar to you. This is our, um, this is our basic statement of our, strategic, um, of our strategic work, and it includes the vision, mission, and values, which we talked about before, our six True North goals, equity, safety, quality, care, experience, um, developing our people, and financial stewardship. And then that is all um, supported by the ZSFG way, which is um, the way we lead and um, engage our staff on campus. Next slide. 
This is our uh, dashboard for the year. Um, you can see that um, our pillars, the, the strategic work that we focused on in this past year is organized by True North Pillars, which you can see on the left. You can see the metrics um, that um, help us understand um, how we're doing is driving our True North goals. Um, you can see variable um, accomplishments there. And honestly, I think if we had a scorecard that didn't have a lot of red on it, it would mean that we weren't being ambitious enough. Um, so uh, these are the, the metrics that we focused on um, last year. Um, we, we actually just um, uh, worked on our HOTION over the past couple of months, and you'll see a revision of these goals next year because every year we want to make sure that the things that we're working on um, at the executive level and driving through the organization are the ones that are most important to advance our true north goals. Um, so uh, I'll just, you can just look at these. I'm happy to answer more questions about them, and there's more in the reports. Next slide. Um, we love celebrating our staff. Um, we uh, do a years of service celebration every year, and um, every year we honor a couple of people, um, one from DPH and one from UCSF, who have been with us for many years and have made particularly wonderful contributions. Um, so Bilal Cheney from our radiology department and Dr. Paul Garcia, who's a neurologist on campus, they've both been with us for more than 30 years. And um, just uh, tremendous work, and it was a, an honor to celebrate them. We had our Nurses Week, our Trauma Month. There are many ways that we celebrate um, our staff. These are just uh, a few examples of that. Next slide. And then uh, everything we do is about our patients. And so these quotes um, come directly from our patients. Um, we focus a lot on what our patients tell us, um, as well as our staff. Um, but we want to know what they think so we can, you know, really serve them um, the best we can. And so these are some beautiful statements um, from, our, from our patients who acknowledge the great clinical care, um, the experience they had, um, the focus that we have on diversity, equity, inclusion. So um, these, are, these are great examples of how our patients feel about us. Next slide. Nothing could happen without this amazing team. I am so grateful to work with all of them. Um, all of them um, put their hearts, their souls, well, their head, heart, and hands into everything that we do at, at CSFG every day. Um, and they're incredibly diverse. They're incredibly talented. And um, all of us together are focused on making sure that we all meet our True North goals together. Um, so I couldn't be more grateful um, to them for the work that they do, the work that they do with one another, and the way that they serve our staff and our community. Next slide. And this is you guys. And we couldn't do what we do without the support we have from all of you. Um, we don't take it for granted. Um, it's, it's truly a privilege. Thank you. Next slide. So in summary, um, we're all about continuous improvement and achieving our True North goals. Um, those of you on the JCC know that every single JCC, we are talking about these, and we are in relentless pursuit of making sure that we're doing better for our patients and community. This year in particular, we've been focused um, on wellness and engagement with our team. Um, 
it's, um, it's a hard time in healthcare, and we want to think as creatively as possible about supporting the people at our place who do such incredible work. And um, we also can't be who we are without support from the San Francisco community. That is really clear. And none of us take for granted that we have the support that we do from the community. Not every safety net hospital is as well supported or well regarded as we are. And we understand that's a privilege that we work very hard to, um, to protect. And I think that is the end. Next slide just has a beautiful photograph of our wonderful place. Um, so I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, thank you. Well, thank you so much for sharing this report. It's so wonderful to see everything that's being done, the highlights and the milestones that this incredible institution, which indeed stands out among safety net hospitals throughout the country and, and a tribute to everyone that works there and the wonderful leadership team. We on the JCC are so privileged to be able to work with you and see you in, in action, your hands, your head, your heart. It's, it's wonderful. Is there any public comment on this item? Hi, folks in the room, if you'd like to make public comment on this item, please let us know. See, no one yet. Um, folks on the line, we are on item, excuse me, three. Please press star three if you'd like to make comment on this item. There are no hands up. All right, what about Commissioner Questions, Comments? Commissioner Guillermo. I just want to congratulate you uh, for um, not just this year, uh, but all the years, uh, and in particular, your leadership, uh, Dr. Ehrlich, because uh, I think you came on uh, at the same time I came on to the commission, uh, and so I've seen nothing but great stuff, <laughs> fortunately, uh, uh, during my tenure here, uh, and it all speaks to your leadership, the leadership of those that come with you and beside you uh, and all around you, and I think it's it, we're, we are very fortunate to have the partners that we have, uh, and as someone who, um, who's uh, had uh, many friends and family who have benefited from uh, the services that uh, ZSFG has provided over the years, I really can attest personally uh, to uh, the care uh, and concern uh, that ZSFG and everybody involved there, uh, you know, notwithstanding all the challenges that come every day, uh, but still, uh, the the care uh, and the um, just the, the self selflessness, I think, uh, that uh, that shows through. Um, it just can't be understated. Uh, and then there's another thing I wanted to thank you for the partnership you've had with Laguna Honda Hospital over this past uh, almost two years now uh, in helping uh, 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 Laguna Honda. Uh, through uh, this very challenging uh, recertification process without uh, the leadership uh, and your support. Um, I don't think that we've been able to get as far as we have. We would have, we would have, you know, uh, there's no doubt uh, that uh, as hard as everybody has worked, as excellent as the folks that we have there, uh, we would have got it. But I don't think that, um, uh, that, I mean, I do think that uh, the partnership with uh, ZSFG um, has really made the, the huge difference. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Commissioner Dorado. I also want to thank you too. This was an excellent report. And um, <clears throat> I also want to thank 
you and your pediatric team, um, especially the MDAC team um, at uh, the general that we have been working together over the last number of months in fighting for uh, with the state for more services for kids. And your team is wonderful, but also so collaborative, cooperative. And I really feel that with under your leadership, particularly, the focus really is the uh, children and the adolescents of San Francisco. And uh, thank you. We're continuing to push forward. And uh, it's great collaboration. And I really enjoy working together. Great. Thank you. Commissioner Christian. Thank you. Thank you for your report. And it's great to see you today. Uh, I, you mentioned that this has been a hard time for healthcare, and that is um, an understatement. And it is, it's uh, been inspiring and, you know, it really does fill my heart every time we come to a meeting and see the work and hear about the work that uh, you're doing. And you are our local heroes and you take care of us and keep us well and help us when we're not. And so it's impossible uh, under to overstate how much we appreciate and rely on on you and how much we see the work that you do and you and your teams do and just want to thank you so much for um for being who you are and doing what you do commissioner chow commissioner you're uh, muted uh there you are thank you uh very much uh for the opportunity to actually uh participate again in this uh, annual uh, review of uh, the general. It's, it's always been amazing the work that the general does uh, year after year. Uh, and especially under Dr. Ehrlich's leadership, it has gone to even greater heights. Uh, it has uh, achieved, I think, a level of care that uh, many of us have uh, always said was, and I think it continues to be, it is uh, the best, if not, uh, very, it's, it's certainly one of the best in the country, uh, if not uh, the best in terms of the work it does, the research it is doing uh, in partnership with UCSF, uh, just amazing. And uh, I, I want to commend uh, everyone to uh, be able to really appreciate this uh, report, which has now become just a wonderful yearbook of what has happened. Uh, through these uh, years. I think I still remember when General had a budget that was, uh, I was going to say, closer to 250 to 300 million rather than uh, <laughs> $1 billion. I'm not sure it's all due to inflation, but it's all uh, certainly been money well spent. As we can see, the campus have uh, has uh, grown, and uh, I think to uh, Dr. Ehrlich's uh, um, uh, certainly a delight that we've now also been able to give the UCSF researchers and staff a place where they can actually do even better work than they've been doing in terms of describing the needs of uh, all of our, um, our very vulnerable populations. It's, it's, it's work that is uh, nationally known, and, and I think that's also one of the great partnerships we have, that the uh, level of care that uh, our patients are able to receive in general is equal to um, 
is the very best uh, that is available even at the highest academic center. So um, I, uh, I just uh, very appreciative of the opportunity to have been able to work with all of you uh, in uh, um, watching and uh, hoping that um, uh, some of our comments uh, could be helpful uh, to uh, achieve even greater heights and we're looking forward to even better things from our general. So uh, thank, thank the entire staff at General, thank the physicians, our nurses, and uh, the leadership for the work that you're doing for us in our city. Thank you. Thank you. Deputy Director Baba. Thank you. Um, I just want to echo to my um, my extreme gratitude to ZSFG. Um, I think this report just highlights uh, the incredible work that you all do. Um, the numbers themselves, everywhere from urgent and emergent services to babies being born, it's really wonderful to see. And um, Dr. Ehrlich, I know you won't say this, but I will say it. Um, the public vaccinations for COVID, as well as for monkeypox, ZSFG was by far the single biggest entity in providing those vaccines. So we're very proud um, as a public health response on that as well. Um, as well as the research and academic um, nature of um, the partnership with UCSF and the milestones that have been achieved. Um, but I think where this all comes from is the dedication of the staff. I have the pleasure of going to 6M every week, and it's just uh, you know unparalleled how much people care um, for, for, the, for the pediatric patients as well as the adult patients coming in. So I really just want to commend you all on, on maintaining that um, and really look forward to another 150 years. Thank you so much. I accept all of your very kind words on behalf of our team. Um, and we'll keep doing the great work. Thank you so much. Thank you. And extend our gratitude to everyone at the general. Absolutely. Good. All right. The uh, next item on the agenda is health commissioner officer elections and the president position is the first one, so we call for nominations. Uh, if I may, uh, <laughs> um, I would like to speak on behalf uh, of nominating uh, Commissioner uh, Lori Green uh, as president of the uh, Health Commission. Um, it, it is, um, it's really clear, uh, especially in the partnership that she's had with our outgoing president uh, Commissioner Banal, that uh, you have piloted uh, the commission, uh, its oversight and its partnership with the department through uh, unprecedented challenges over the last uh, few years uh, during your, um, your tenure here. Uh, I'm very, very happy to call you a, a colleague. Uh, and I think uh, because of the um, just the professionalism, the, your clinical expertise, your leadership, um, you know, dedication to the well-being and, and health of San Franciscans, the support of the department. Uh, it is, uh, I think, uh, no question uh, that your um, your leadership as president uh, will continue to um, uh, be a steady hand uh, uh, for us uh, on the commission. Uh, and uh, again, with everything that's going to be facing San Francisco uh, in the future, uh, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, and so the experience that you have, uh, the smiles that you bring also, uh, and uh, the ease with which you, um, uh, you, you extend that steady hand, uh, I think is something that's going to um, uh, uh, 
bear with us very, very well. So I'm happy to be the person to nominate you for president of the Health Commission. I second it. And before you all vote, I want to make clear to you all and the public that on the agenda, the term, uh, the information about the term is a little incorrect. Terms are usually a year because elections are usually, usually happen the second meeting in March. This term will go through March of 2025. So it'll be a year and a few months. Wonderful. So at the end, we'll take public comments. Yes, after so the elections, we'll take public comments. I guess we should take a vote. Yes. So I'll start with um, Commissioner uh, Chow. Uh, yes. And um, everyone else um, uh, say aye for in aye. favor. Aye. aye. Any nays? No nays. Great. Congratulations, President Green. Such an honor and a privilege to be able to do this. It's very humbling because um, it will be very hard to fill the shoes of Commissioner Chow, uh, ex-Commissioner Lois, and Vice-Chancellor Bernal. They have set the bar so high, and I will do my best to try to even come close to their leadership and the skill they brought to this job. And it is such a privilege to be able to do this, to work with people like everyone at the General, everyone at Laguna Honda, and everyone within the Department of Public Health. This has been the most gratifying experience of my career, and I'm pretty old. <laughs> so I, I really can't tell you how much this being and working with the other commissioners, we've become dear friends, even though we can only gather two at a time. But it's been really <laughs> wonderful to get to know everyone and people we would never know in our lives if it weren't for um, this commission and, and just the spirit that that is so pervasive in this particular department. It, it is it truly lifts you up and I, it's really a pleasure. I will do my best to make these meetings meaningful and purposeful and to do our citizens of San Francisco proud. So thank you so much. So then the next is nominations for the vice president. I believe Commissioner Chow. Yes, thank you. I, uh, I'm pleased to have the privilege of uh, being able to nominate for vice president, uh, Tessie Guillermo. Uh, personally, I'm pleased because I remember when Tessie first applied for the job as the uh, director of our uh, nuisant uh, Asian American Health Forum. And she turned that into a national powerhouse of policy for Asian American health. Um, when she was appointed onto the commission, I was pleased to be able to have the opportunity to continue to work with her. And I thank uh, her growth over all these years and uh, culminating perhaps in being the chairman of the board of the largest nonprofit health system in the United States shows that many years ago we selected well. And <laughs> we'd even like to think that maybe we had a small part in her success <laughs> at some of the issues. But uh, certainly uh, this commission has well appreciated the work that Tessie has done as chair of our Laguna Honda uh, Joint Conference Committee. Uh, we know that that has been a, um, a, a challenge that, that we've now been facing for two, uh, two plus years. And uh, one where um, our staff uh, at the department and, and uh, have all pulled together at, in a crisis to uh, bring about the recertification of Laguna. But Tessie was there on behalf of the commission, on behalf of common sense, to say, 
what was needed, what, what we weren't understanding, what really could help, uh, looking at it from the public's perspective. So I think that she and uh, uh, President Wade will make an excellent team for us in the coming year and a half as Vice President of our Health Commission. So I so nominate Tessie Goodyearman. And I will second that. So, uh, Commissioner Chow, I'll start with you. How do you vote on this on this um, item, this election? Well, I actually was wondering if um, you know there were further nominations before we went on to uh, elections. Just as as uh, you know, giving the opportunity to everybody to nominate also. I believe that there are no other nominations. I'm looking at the faces here, and I think that was it. We're happy with that one. <laughs> okay, I, I just. <laughs> Uh, all right, so um, you're, you're calling for the vote. Yes, I'm calling the vote. I'm starting with you because you're remote. Okay, thank you. Yes. Okay, great. And everyone else in the room, uh, all the ayes? Aye. Aye. Any nays? Great, congratulations. Aye. <laughs> uh, I want to thank you all very much for uh, your faith in, uh, uh, in me as a uh, co-partner uh, with uh, now President Green. Uh, it is um, so gratifying to be able to serve uh, in my uh, native town uh, uh, since my platforms have been mostly you know, national and state. And I have had, uh, I think uh, in the twilight of my years, uh, the uh, great uh, both responsibility and honor of being able to focus on the health and well-being of San Francisco, uh, where I have now uh, raised my kids and grandkids. Uh, and so I want to make sure uh, that uh, everything that um, we do here on the commission uh, and with those who are the most concerned about uh, everything that uh, challenges us as a city, uh, that we work together. Uh, and so I look, uh, look forward to the partnership. Uh, and um, uh, the support of uh, my fellow commissioners uh, and uh, President Green. So thank you very much. And now um, folks in the room, would anyone like to make public comment on this item? Okay, I see no one here. And folks on the line, if you would like to make public comment, we're on item four, you can press star three. I see no hands. All right, any other commissioner comments? All right, seeing none, we will go to the next wonderful two agenda items, which is to honor both Vice Chancellor Bernal and uh, Dr. Horton. We will we will miss them. We are so excited for them, and we'll we'll start out with uh, the resolution honoring Dan Bernal. Yes, and Mr. Bernal, if you would come to the podium so we can shower you with praise and embarrass you, <laughs> I will read the resolution. The draft resolution. Whereas Dan Bernal was appointed to the San Francisco Health Commission by Mayor Edley in 2017 and resigned on October 16, 2023, in order to accept the position of University of California, San Francisco Vice Chancellor of Community and Government Relations. And whereas Mr. Bernal was elected Health Commission President in 2020 after serving as Vice President in the previous year. As president, he led the health commission during the COVID-19 pandemic, MPOX outbreak, and the Laguna Honda Hospital and Rehabilitation Center Medical Recertification effort. And whereas Mr. Bernal has dedicated his career to public service, 
having served as Chief of Staff for Speaker Emirata Nancy Pelosi for over 20 years. He worked in the White House under President Bill Clinton and as presidential appointee at the U.S. Department of Education. As Congress debated the Affordable Care Act, he supported Speaker Pelosi's efforts to build support for the legislation in California by convening diverse stakeholders and coordinating activities among Bay Area members of Congress. He continues to serve as a valuable, well, for a short time, as a valuable resource to the California Democratic congressional delegation and key policymakers as an advocate in the fight to protect and, uh, and improve the Affordable Care Act. And whereas during his lifetime, Mr. Bernal has contributed in innumerable, innumerable ways to, ma main, uh, to, manly, uh, to many underserved communities through effective leadership. He is an HIV AIDS patient advocate on the Independent Citizens Oversight Committee of the California Institute for Regenerative Medicine and was appointed to the Treatments and Cures Accessibility and Affordability Working Group. He participated as co-chair of the Policy and Politics Working Group for the 23rd International AIDS Conference, was a top fundraiser for the AIDS Lifecycle event seven years in a row, served as a board member on the National AIDS Memorial and San Francisco AIDS Foundation, co-founded and served as board president of the Breast Cancer Emergency Fund, and served as board president of the AIDS Emergency Fund. And whereas he has courageously lived openly as a person with HIV AIDS for over 30 years, and uh, where... Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to get a little teary. Whereas his empathy, compassion, and affability will be missed by his Health Commission colleagues and DPH leaders, now therefore be it resolved that San Francisco Health Commission honors Dan Bernal for his many years of dedicated public service and for the impactful contributions he has made to the residents of the city and county of San Francisco. The Health Commission wishes Mr. Bernal well in his new leadership position. Wonderful. Is there a motion to approve this resolution. So moved. So moved. Second. And a second. Second. <laughs> All right. Uh, now we go to public comment before we move forward. Uh, anyone in the room would like to make public comment on this? Is that is that a yes? Is someone coming up? Uh, Mr. Bernal, maybe step aside. Um, so uh, everyone has three minutes to make public comments. So I have a timer. Uh, commissioners, my name is Josie Mooney. I'm the Deputy Executive Director of SEIU 10 to 1. I'm actually here to speak later in your agenda. I did not know that my friend of three decades and an amazing, wonderful public servant uh, was being honored. I did know about his wonderful new uh, career move. Congratulations, Dan. Very proud of you. I do want to say that um, Dan has always stood up for working people in this city, in our state, and in the country. There's not been one time that I haven't called him or talked to him when the speaker was too busy to talk to me about all the many issues that workers face across this city and across the country. And never one time did he say no. Sometimes he would say, well, could you have given me more than five minutes to make something happen? But I just want to uh, thank you publicly for recognizing him and thank you, Dan, on behalf of the workers of our union and the worker and the, and the labor movement in the city for always being there with us. And we rely on continuing to count on your support. And congratulations. All right, thank you. And I see no, uh, no hands for further public comments. So commissioners, um, you, you may go ahead. All right, commissioner comments. Commissioner Guillermo. I'll go first. Um, so 
it's hard not to get personal uh, with this, but um, I just want to first congratulate you uh, on a well-deserved um, ascendancy <laughs> um, and to thank you for your service these many decades uh, uh, in, in government uh, uh, to the people uh, um, in San Francisco and beyond. Uh, your partnership and leadership of those of us on the commission who have been fortunate enough to serve with you. Uh, and um, I think, uh, I, again, on a personal note, because I, I feel like, you know, having known you for a long time, uh, and as folks said, I've, I've, you know, done some things on a national level, uh, and Dan, you have always been somebody who um, just seemed to respond to everybody uh, that came to you in a way that made, even if you couldn't uh, help directly, you did something always uh, to, to make people feel better about what others couldn't do, uh, but what you would try to do very sincerely. Uh, and I want you to know on behalf of all of those that, you know, that I've represented in the past and present, uh, your reputation, your legacy, uh, your humanity uh, will never be forgotten. So thank you. John. Um, Vice, Vice Councillor Bernal, it's been such an honor and pleasure to, to have known you for like decades and um, like, let's not say how long. Um, but I remember when I was organizing, you know, like um, the one and only protest <laughs> for, um, uh, um, on the on on the matter of ENDA Employment Non Discrimination Act, and you immediately told me that you know like um, speaker was shocked that somebody <laughs> protest her office. Um, so you know, and I felt that you know I'm more connected to um, the government because of your presence, and you are always there to make sure that everyone feel taken care of. Um, I just agree, I, I concur with everything that have been said so far. You know, like you are what helps to build those bridges um, between us, the, the little people, and those who are in Washington, D.C. Um, and, and thank you for doing that. And I'm sure that this won't be the last time I would see you and um, yeah, so last time it was really exciting to see you in Amsterdam attending the same conference as I do. So I'm sure that, you know, like in the future, there might be other opportunities for that too. Thank you. Commissioner Christian. Thank you. Um, Dan, it's been a minute. Uh, and uh, it's funny, I think about like Cece, I think about the, the times that, of just being with you in the community and getting to know you. Um, about a year ago. <laughs> um, and what a pleasure it was for me to be able to come on this commission and your support and uh, me um, become a commissioner for, um, for the health department and how elated I was uh, that I was, able, I was able to have the opportunity to work with you in, in a forum like this and not necessarily politics on the street. And so... Um, you know, I'm very sad that uh, you aren't with us anymore, but I am so thrilled for you uh, because uh, I think this is, uh, it's like you have been working toward this your whole life. And we are, you know, grateful for everything that you've done 
uh, for I'm grateful for everything that you've done for the city and for the people that we all care about. And I know you're going to be a superstar here uh, in this new position, and I wish you well and look forward to being able to hang out with you about a year from now or so. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Hey, Mr. Gerardo. I just want to congratulate you as well, Dan. <clears throat> we got to know each other a lot more here in the commission, and I do remember my first uh, uh, committee meeting of the um, Community and Public Health Committee, and you were chair, and you said, welcome, and welcome to the commission, welcome to the committee, and just want to let you know that you're going to be chair for the next meeting of this committee. And I said, <clears throat> well, it's good to meet you as uh, on the commission as well, but also thank you so much for welcoming me on the commission and as well as your Charles, um, collaboration with our family then. over the years. Well, so uh, um, as well. So I don't know why we got interrupted, but thank you. And um, I know you've been um, with uh, our political family as well. Um, irrespective of the health department for working together for the benefit of the citizens of San Francisco for many, many years. And so I thank you for, for that and look forward to uh, your next chapter and the differences you will continue to make. Thank you. Commissioner Chow. Yes, thank you. Uh uh, Dan, as uh, you've often said, I associate myself with all the good comments that have been made. And that doesn't leave too many left uh, for me, except that I want to say that uh, personally, I've uh, uh, been um, really privileged to have been able to have this time that you've uh, uh, given us here at the commission to work with you. Uh, your work has, uh, I think, benefited the city uh, and uh, all of us in healthcare. Uh, by being uh, so patient, uh, so wonderful in trying to get uh, consensus, uh, working together so that our commission was a smooth and uh, a smoothly operating commission that was uh, always focused, uh, remained focused on the important issues of healthcare for our city. Um, I, those were skills I know that you were also and have been using, of course, uh, for these many years uh, with uh, uh, Speaker Pelosi and uh, with so many of us as citizens in the city when we had the opportunity to work with you and your offices uh, 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 on, on the uh, congressional level. But personally, I really uh, felt that it was really a privilege to have had this opportunity to work with you so closely over these years. And I wish you uh, well as uh, the vice chancellor at the uh, university. And I know that uh, they will find you as valuable. Uh, we are losing an important gem for ourselves in terms of how uh, we've uh, worked under your leadership uh, and they will now be the beneficiary of your um, talent and services. Thank you, Dan, and uh, personally, uh, you know, best wishes for uh, a, a wonderful future uh, career. Director Colfax. Well, Dan, thank you, uh, Mr. Bernal, Vice Chancellor Bernal. Um, I just want to thank you for your 
for your um, leadership going back so many for your leadership and work going back so many decades with regard to HIV, having worked with you at the local level here in San Francisco, where you were such a leader and key in bringing the San Francisco model um, to the work that happened at the federal level that truly saved many lives. And then the work um, that you did with the Affordable Care Act, which was transformative. And then most recently um, as president of the health commission during a very challenging time starting in January of 2020. Um, I think that's just a few months after you became president and a few months after I started here. So on behalf of the department, and I, I also speak on behalf of the, the DPH team, you know, thanking you for your kindness um, in addition to your effectiveness. And I think as a public servant and just as a leader, kindness and effectiveness do not always go together, but you are the epitome of, of, of bringing those together. So thank you so much. Dan, please, please come up. So I'm going to ex exercise presidential privilege here and say a few more words. So we are so grateful to you for leading this commission with such humanity during these incredibly unprecedented times, as, as Director Colfax has said, MPOX COVID, Laguna Honda recertification, and you brought all of your resources to the table to help everyone, your local connections, your government connections, your fantastic relationships with everyone in the community. And I don't think we could have moved as quickly or accomplished as much without your leadership. And, you know, we're so thrilled that you can go back to the institution that, as you said, you feel saved your life and you'll be able to continue to help others and save others' lives. You know, it's remarkable. You've been the voice of the people without a voice. And, you know, when I, I, um, I had the privilege, you know, there had to be a hearing at the Ethics Commission because we had voted on some UCSF contracts last year and they had to give uh, Dan a waiver in order to take the job at UC. And uh, I know Dr. Uh, Director Colfax and I had the privilege to be able to listen to two hours of over 30 people testifying about what a wonderful human being we have before us. And I'm not talking about just anyone, former mayors, several supervisors, representatives of several unions, uh, representatives of so many organizations for underrepresented individuals and um, every single one of them had more passion about you than the next. So I actually wanted to share with everyone some of the things that were said. So Olga Miranda, who is representing janitors in the Labor Council, remembered how you were there when there were raids and families might be separated. You showed up for them. She said, no matter what nationality or what community they belong to, and she called you my brother. Malcolm Young, the executive director of the Chinatown Community Development Center, recounted how during the darkest days of the pandemic, when a certain ex-president was assailing African-Americans, you lifted them up and you and Speaker Pelosi gave them a spark of hope in a very dark moment. Of course, representatives from the AAPI community <clears throat> described how you build bridges, foster dialogue, and work to ensure all community members can live safely and with dignity. Director Colfax, as he said, recounted the transformational work you've done, saving thousands of lives of individuals with HIV AIDS as the Affordable Care Act was instituted and implemented and you helped them recognize what their rights were. And of course, 
among the many people who testified were so many representatives that had such high praise view from the HIV AIDS community. But I, th I think what moved me most is what Michael Pappas said. He's the executive director of the San Francisco Interfaith Council, as well as a past member of the Human Rights Commission. I want to read you a portion of what he said. I've come to know him as a leader whose conduct exhibits the highest levels of ethics and integrity and whose commitment to public service is unwavering. He has effectively and unassumingly assisted in numerous efforts to advance social justice and interface harmony in our city on issues near and dear to his heart, HIV prevention, immigration, Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, vandalism at houses of worships, LGBTQ rights, and to name a few. He, um, he moves with, hum he, he has quietly and unassumingly and with humility guided, collaborated and leveraged trusted relationships in order to move the needle to make our city a better and more just place. His work is a calling that comes from a lifetime of experiences in relationship building, which manifests in that innate voice that pulls at your heart and moves, moves you to sacrifice for the greater good. Dan, we will really miss your voice and we, we adore you and you've become a friend to us all and you are a treasure. We, will, we, we wish you the best, Vice Chancellor Bernal, and we, we are so grateful to you for everything. And, and now it's time for a vote. <laughs> Before the man over there can speak. So, um, oh, I, I guess I'll start with Commissioner Chow. Commissioner Chow, how would you like to vote? Yes. All right, and commissioners in the room, all that say aye. 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 Oh, wonderful. I'm sort of overwhelmed and speechless from all of this. Thank you. Um, it has been my great privilege to serve with all of you on Health Commission during unprecedented public health challenges facing not just our city, but our nation um, and the globe. These, of course, include a global pandemic that took millions of lives around the world, an MPOX outbreak that stoked fear and uh, stigma in the LGBTQ community, a growing fentanyl crisis that has just increased the tragedy of overdose deaths in our city, as well as the loss of Medicare and Medicaid recertification for Laguna Honda Hospital. And through all of this, you all as commissioners and all the entire DPH leadership and staff have really stepped up to implement the most effective and inclusive COVID-19 response in the nation among major metropolitan areas to really step up and establish an emergency center and an inclusive and broadly available MPOX vaccination program um, to increase the availability of mental and behavioral health services to help address uh, substance use disorder and the overdose crisis. Um, and of course, achieving Medicaid recertification for Laguna Honda Hospital to ensure that it, is, it continues to be able to provide excellent care for San Franciscans most in need. And we know that Medicare recertification is right around the corner too. Um, so grateful to all of you for your friendship, for being such great colleagues. And I feel like I just need to call you all out individually. And I'll start over here 
with Commissioner Christian, who has been a friend for many, many years. We cut our teeth in politics in San Francisco together. And you bring such a critical perspective to the commission, both in terms of equity and the intersection of criminal justice and public health. And it's something that is going to be so important moving forward. Commissioner Gerardo, you always make sure that our work is centered around the children and around their needs, not just in behavioral and mental health, but in their health in general. President Green, I'm coming back to you. <laughs> Commissioner Chung, who is an internationally known and respected advocate for LGBTQ rights, transgender rights, and HIV AIDS, thank you so much for your longstanding friendship as well and your longstanding leadership on this commission. Uh, Commissioner Chow, the standard by which the leadership of this commission will always be measured. I learned so much from you when I came on as president of well, on the commission in general, but also as president of the commission, you also encouraged me to forge my own path and really helped give me confidence to do that. So thank you, um, Commissioner Guillermo, Vice President Guillermo, your tenacity in ensuring that Laguna Honda Hospital got on and stayed on a path and supporting the staff at Laguna Honda to get where we are today, where we know we'll have Medicare recertification soon. Thank you so much. Uh, and President Green, uh, it's been such a privilege to be your co-pilot through all of this and your humility and your grace and uh, your sincerity is just has been overwhelming to me. And you, you are such a wonderful support to me in this role. Um, and I only hope that uh, I was a support to you as well. And I'm really excited to look to all the great leadership that you will um, exhibit here. Um, the staff to uh, Director Colfax, um, your steady and principled and strong leadership through all of these challenges has been something that has been uh, so impressive to watch. I have only seen you break composure when you're standing in pride and gratitude for the hard work and leadership of everybody at DPH. And that really speaks to you and who you are as a leader as well. So thank you for that. Uh, Dr. Navina Baba, wherever there is work to be done or leadership to be exhibited, you will step into it. And you always have, and you've always been such a reliable source of both leadership and hard work in meeting these challenges as well. I saw uh, Greg Wagner here who's acting um, as well, director during a very important time during uh, here, here in the uh, commission, Dr. Susan Ehrlich, Dr. Susan Phillip, uh, just it's been such a pleasure to work with you. And I know that after about a year's time, we'll be able to work together again soon once, uh, once all, all the requirements are fulfilled. Um, and I just have to say a special word about uh, Mark Morowitz, um, our commission secretary, who's just become a dear friend over the years. Um, I could have not have done, served in this role without your help and friendship and support. Um, you are the glue that holds the commission together. You are the greatest source of institutional knowledge of this department and the way that you lead with sincerity and compassion um, and really, really just a clear need to understand people and to really meet with them where they are and to serve them has been such a privilege to watch and uh, to be your friend. So thank you, everybody. Um, this means so much to me. I, I can't even say it's really humbling. And uh, thank you. We're going to take a quick picture. If we can stop crying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Should I come up there? We 
Photoshop head in. <laughs> That's right. Okay. All right. So next on our agenda, the blue guy is acting out. All right. Next on the agenda is the resolution honoring Dr. Claire Horton. And is Mr. Pickens going to? Mr. Pickens here. We'll read the resolution. Okay. Oh, would you please? Yes. Dr. Bobo will introduce before I read. Um, I wanted to introduce this item. Um, Dr. Horton, after um, many years with the department um, in different forms, is, is leaving for a wonderful opportunity that she'll talk a little bit more about. But we, I just want to express my extreme gratitude for all of the work that she has done. Um, for me personally, um, when I work with Claire, she always uplifts those around her and she always finds a way to thank um, people, um, including her staff, but others um, in such a gracious way. And I think it really improves morale and helps the work move forward. And um, this past year, especially with Cal Aim and Laguna Honda, um, the department has really um, depended on her support. So I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for all the work that you've done. All right, and I will read the draft resolution. Whereas Dr. Clara Horton has served the city and county of San Francisco as an exceptional leader at the Department of Public Health since 2020 and has been instrumental in providing clinical and operational leadership, vision, and direction to the San Francisco Health Network. And whereas Dr. Horton has recently held the dual positions of Chief Medical Officer and Deputy Director of the San Francisco Health Network. And whereas Dr. Horton previously served as a ZSFG hospital, Hospital's Chief of Staff position that is elected by ZSFG medical staff and includes a range of responsibilities from hospital and clinical operations to overseeing personal personnel matters, as well as medical director of the ZSFG Richard Fine People's Clinic. And whereas Dr. Horton has served on the boards of several expert advisory committees, such as the California Association of Public Hospitals Policy and Technical Advisory Committee and California Safety Net Institute's Public Health Service Medicaid Managed Care Plan Advisory Committee, and whereas Dr. Horton strengthened and expanded CalAIM, including the enhancement, the enhanced case management and community supports program, doubling DPH's enrollment of eligible patients. And whereas Dr. Horton deepened DPH, DPH's work with underserved populations and promoted delivery system innovations to improve access and quality of care to safety net populations. And whereas Dr. Horton served as the executive sponsor of DPH's EPIC leadership team, working to plan EPIC build priorities and the phase three EPIC rollout. And whereas Dr. Horton is known for addressing patient level social determinants of health and upholding patient quality of care as her true north. 
And whereas Dr. Horton, considered by her colleagues as a cherished friend, integral, uh, integral teammate, and respected mentor whose expertise, intelligence, integrity, and empathy will continue to positively impact the health and well being of all visitors and residents of San Francisco, she will be dearly missed by many at the DPH. Resolved that the San Francisco Health Commission honors Dr. Claire Horton for her outstanding service and leadership and wishes her well in her new position as the Associate Chief Medical Officer for the National Medicaid Program of the Kaiser Foundation Health Plan. So is there a motion to approve this resolution? Second. Wonderful, is there any public comment? Is there any public comment in the room? All right, folks on the line, if you'd like to make public comment, we are on item six. Press star three, no hands. So commissioners, it's up to you. All right. Commissioners? Commissioner Guillermo. I just want to add my congratulations. Uh, Dr. Harton, we haven't had a chance to spend a lot of time uh, together, but um, I, again, um, the, the, the support and leadership that you've provided, particularly uh, around the Laguna Honda recertification is something you've always been a presence uh, as we've gone through. Uh, all of the re re the iterations of um, reports and surveys and uh, and and things that have uh, we've needed there, but uh, but also just um, I think you've always seemed like you're ready to jump in uh, to something uh, to either add a, a different information or to clarify or to support. I can feel, I can even feel it over online. And so I can just imagine uh, how that reflects uh, in uh, in person. And so I, I just want to uh, recognize that uh, and thank you for your service and really look forward to um, uh, the new things that you're going to be doing over there at that health plan. <laughs> Commissioner Christian. Thank you, uh, Dr. Horton. Uh, so so sad to see you go from us, but uh, Kaiser definitely needs a lot of great help. So glad you're going there. And um, I had the opportunity to see from a close distance what you are like as a physician. Uh, and I was very impressed at your um, compassion and the way that you, you know, jumped in to assist someone that I knew uh, and uh, was very appreciative of your help and uh, was once again, uh, happy to see the quality of the physicians that we work with here in the city and that we have uh, in our system. So well done and best of luck and take care. Commissioner Gerardo. I just also want to congratulate you and thank you. As you know, for two years, two and a half years, you were a Zoom person, uh, <laughs> to say the we least. Yes, but what I always found interesting since I um, really didn't know you or hadn't worked for you with you before is when there was a question or a concern they always turned to you and um, asked for your input or for your expertise and thank you very much for not only all the wonderful things but um, looking forward to your next uh, next chapter in making a, a contribution as uh, you go forward with the healthcare system. Thank you. Commissioner Chow. 
Yes, thank you. Uh, and uh, Dr. Nor uh, Dr. Horton, I've known for uh, a number of years just uh, with our relationships down at the Joint Conference Committee, uh, watching her uh, rise through the Chief of Staff into uh, then um, uh, deserting UC and joining the city uh, and then bringing us into uh, a, a very high level of quality of work uh, at the San Francisco Health Network. Uh, her work, of course, uh, at uh, Laguna Honda as part of that uh, talent that went to uh, help our uh, research <laughs> effort was also uh, noted uh, and obviously noted by many people. It looks to me like uh, we are a great training ground for people who go on to state and national levels. And uh, this certainly is a national position. Uh, taking care of the national Medicaid program and, and one that I think fits your passion of, again, helping those who are uh, greatest in need of that help. Uh, congratulations, uh, Dr. Horton, and uh, my very best wishes for you in this uh, new endeavor of yours. Thank you. It was, a uh, it was a privilege to work with you, and I know that you're going to do great things uh, for Kaiser. Thank you. Yeah, I will chime in as well. So I think you are the ultimate utility player. You play every position on the team with such skill and such grace. I mean, when I think about the time, you've always stepped in and you've always done such a fantastic job when you have. It, it, it's not a small honor to be chief of staff of the general. I mean, the quality of the physicians there and for you to have been identified as a leader among those incredible people in unto itself. Is, is really emblematic of who you are and what you can do. And then at Laguna, I mean, even the intricate questions we had about coverage and what would happen when we were decertified and would we pay, you knew everything. So, and, and of course, as others have said, you do check all the boxes because besides being able to work with your head, you work with your heart. And, you know, it's known what a compassionate clinician you are. And I hope you have the opportunity to do some clinical medicine when you're working with Kaiser. And, and also I hope that um, under your leadership, Kaiser will expand its, its Medicaid and Medi-Cal uh, roles because it would be really wonderful to have that very strong institution more involved in um, in uh, caring for the underserved in the country. So we absolutely wish you the best and congratulations and thank you so much for everything you've done for San Francisco. I know Director Colfax wanted to make some comments as well. Thank you, President Green and Dr. Horton, uh, Claire. I just wanted to add uh, to the appreciation and we've known each other for quite a while Dr. Horton walked in her first day of clinic as an intern, and I was her attending. So that was <laughs> so, um, and we worked together. It was always wonderful. And I remember saying to people, "I've said they're such a good intern, such a good." You know. um, but I really, from that to chief of medical staff to CM, uh, CMO of the of the network, from COVID through COVID uh, through the Laguna Honda challenges that um, we have had. I just really want to thank you um, for always being there and always keeping the patients at the center of what we're doing. I think with regard to your, the way you approach things, I was, I continue to just be struck by your authentic, relentless optimism. Um, no matter what was coming down, you, you, you found a way to approach it in a way that was insightful, um, actionable, and just 
very positive. And that is not always something we find in bureaucracy. I'm so glad you're taking that uh, to a, to another uh, even larger uh, system of care, uh, system. And I think your clinical acumen, I mean, you can switch on a dime from talking about um, you know, policy to a very specific clinical issue. And I'm, I believe you're going to be keeping your clinic. Um, and I'm so glad that that will be happening because there's so many patients and their families who will continue to benefit from that. And finally, I just have to say, I, this is a, I'm sorry to see you go. I'm so glad there's, there's this opportunity. Kaiser made a great pick because in my time, you know, whether it's locally or in DC and doing a lot of uh, policy work, I have never found anybody so enthusiastic about Medicaid policy <laughs> so, and the details of Medicaid rules and regulations and time. And I mean, you can go, you, and it's just so great that you're, because you understand what, what all those details mean and how they affect people's lives. So um, looking forward to seeing what you do and always remember, you can always come back to DPH. Thanks. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's time to take a vote. Uh, Commissioner Chow, how do you vote on this item? Yes. And the commissioners in the room, uh, please say aye. 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 You want to vote for this item? Okay, great. No nays. Uh, congratulations. Um, wow, this is this is hard. Um, he just um, no. Okay. All right. Please feel comfortable. Mark usually has to mute me when I'm when I'm accidentally on uh, Zoom, but now he's telling me how to do it. Um, thank you so much. This is such an honor, and um, I, I was really kind of floored when you all told me about it, and then I was really honored when I found out that I was going to be honored the same night as Commissioner Burnell, which was with whom I've had such so much respect for so long. Um, I just say want to say quickly that I was flashing back. Um, recently to being a 25-year-old um, like med student coming to San Francisco General for an away rotation um, uh, when I was in uh, med school on the East Coast and walking up the lawn back when there was that beautiful lawn before the beautiful Building 25 was there and just thinking to myself, I wonder if this hospital will be a meaningful part of my life um, and kind of as a premonition and, you know, Besides um, a six-year stint at an FQHC in the East Bay, it's really been the San Francisco General and subsequently the San Francisco Health Network and the DPH have really been a professional home and in many ways kind of a personal home to so many close friends and mentors and, you know, people I've learned from and, and actually just learned how to be a human being from and have so much respect for are there. So um, I believe so much in the DPH and the network and what we're trying to do in the city to create a unified safety net and to just keep getting, you know, better and better. Um, and I just also wanted to end with something when I was um, getting advice from uh, Alice Chen about this opportunity and feeling really extremely torn about potentially leaving this professional and personal home of mine. You know, she said, she said, this is a really pretty amazing opportunity and you will learn so much and I think you should seriously consider it, but you will never work again with such wonderful people as in the SFDPH and I suspect that she's right. So I may have to come back uh, one day, but I definitely would love to stay in touch and um, we'll be cheering from the sidelines. Thank you. Photo uh, off. Uh, let's not do the Ford this time. Let's make sure that we do that. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Safety. I'll see. <laughs>
Oh, what a wonderful way to start our meeting off. Just a Inspirational. Now we'll get to the business. The next item is the approval of the minutes of the Health Commission meeting on October 17th, 2023. Commissioners, you have before you the minutes of the meeting. Um, if there are no amendments or corrections, is there a motion to approve? So moved. Second. And is there any public comment on the item? Is there any public comment on the minutes in the, in the room? All right, I see no hands. Um, is there any public comment from folks uh, who were online? We'll give it a second. All right, I see no hands. All right, then we'll I, go to a vote. Yes, Commissioner Chow, how do you vote on this item? Yes. And uh, commissioners, please say aye if you vote yay, a yes. Aye. aye. And no nays. Okay, great, the, um, the item passes, thank you. All right, the next is general public comment. And do you have anything you need to read in advance? I do. Secretary Morowitz. Of course. Um, one second. Uh, at this time, members of the public may address the commission on items of interest to the public that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the commission, but are not listed on this meeting agenda. Each member of the public may address the commission for up to three minutes. The Brown Act forbids the commission from taking action or discussion, discussing any item not appearing on the posted agenda, including those raised during public comment. Please note that each individual is allowed one opportunity to speak per agenda item. Individuals may not return more than once to read statements from other individuals unable to attend the meeting. Written public comment may be sent to the Health Commission at the following email address, the word health dot the word commission dot dph at sfdph.org. If you wish to spell your name for the minutes, you may do so during your verbal comments without taking your allotted time. Please note that city policies along with federal, state, and local law prohibit discriminatory or harassing conduct against city employees and others during public meetings and will not be tolerated. We will first take public comment from individuals attending the meeting in person. We will then take remote public comment from individuals who have received an accommodation for disability. I've given each of these individuals a two letter code to speak when they begin their comments to prevent others from speaking during this time. Finally, we will hear from remote public comment from all other individuals. There will be a time limit of 20 minutes in total on the remote public comment that can be heard on each item from individuals who have not received an accommodation. All right, so I know we've got um, two folks in here that have given me um, a speaker's card. Are there other folks too? All right, we'll start with Ms. Lee. And again, I've got a timer. When the beeper goes off, know that, that your time is up. Sorry, did you say shoe? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the last name is 
L-I? Yes. Yes. Me. Okay. okay. Sorry. Um, hi, my name is Shuman Lee. Um, dear members of the Health Commission, I'm with SCIU 10 to 1. Um, we represent half the city's workforce, but we also represent Felton workers uh, in San Francisco. Um, and we've been in contract negotiation with Felton, where we represent 55 uh, members, and then we've been trying to organize uh, 300 non-union workers of Felton. Um, Felton has gotten a lot of fundings from city departments. It's primarily city, state, and public funded, 90%. Um, and they receive a lot of fundings from DPH, HSA, and uh, Homeless and Supportive Housing Department. And at DPH alone this year, um, Felton received $16 million uh, in this fiscal year alone to provide services. However, we are concerned about Felton's conduct as a public serving uh, our most vulnerable communities, employing some of the most underpaid workers. We believe Felton is using public money to enrich their own executives, but the union while mismanaging their programs and services. Multiple monitoring reports um, submitted to DPH and HSA show that Felton have missed targets on services related to their staffing issues. They're meeting zero of their contracted unit of service target and performance objectives, yet they're getting grants from DPH year after year. Staff and clients have brought up concerns about health and safety with people being exposed to gas leaks, citations for issues, including rodent feces and a child injury. Meanwhile, Felton is intimidating workers who are bringing up concerns and trying to organize a union so they can have a voice on the job. Despite having a contract with SCIU 10 to 1 and a contract neutrality agreement with the union that guaranteed Felton's neutrality for worker organizing, Felton turned around and ordered workers not to sign cards with the union and even fire workers who spoke up about their rights. The union has filed numerous unfair labor practice charges with the National Labor Relations Board and the board has found merits in seven charges. Felton receives millions of dollars in public funds from the city and state governments, but their mismanagement has led to high staff turnover and low morale. The Felton CEO gave himself a 70% raise since 2019, making him over $320,000 a year, while his employees are struggling to live in the city. We urge DPH to, to audit Felton's contracts and to not give the agency another dime until they clean up their acts. We have provided some documents here um, that I believe was uh, given to the commissioners um, that has more detailed information in terms of each of the things that I've mentioned here. Thank you for this. Thank you. All right. Uh, the next person is uh, Gre Gracia. Um, Good evening, commissioners. My name is Grecia. I'm SCIU 10 to 1 staff organizer. So I have the privilege of actually organizing with these Felton workers who are educators, early childhood education. So they work with zero to five, case managers who work with the elderly, houses, people who are in um, this community of San Francisco who are at high risk of homelessness, um, people who are uh, coming out of probation, really the community that they serve. And these are very passionate, committed, workers who are trying to survive, keep their jobs, stay in the nonprofit sector, and be able to afford housing in the Bay Area, which we already know is a big, a big issue. And so for these workers to constantly advocate, try to form a union, but be threatened with termination, coercion, retaliation, this is uncalled for. And this is what this nonprofit is doing at the leadership of Al Gilbert. And so just what um, my colleague said, Shu, um, we're asking you to either stop funding, um, look at what Felton is really doing. They're not performing well, and it's due to high staff turnover. Um, people are burning out. People are um, working multiple. Their, their staff are either um, part-time but are working for 
full-time hours without that pay. Um, there's educators uh, who are managers who are supposed to do one-on-one -on -one therapy who are doing um, teacher jobs. Um, this is many issues of why people are forming a union at, at Pelton, but they are being bullied and their union is being busted by Al Gilbert. So um, wanted to make you aware of this really important matter. And so thank you for your time. Thank you. And the last uh, card I've gotten is from Brandon Dankins and Jose. Oh, I'm sorry. Only one person at a time can speak. There's not dual people. Okay. So after, right. Great. All right. Good evening, commission. Uh, I am Brandon Dawkins. I am the vice president of organizing for SEIU Local 1021. I also work for the San Francisco Department of Public Health. And uh, I am here uh, just to, you know, inform you all about the uh, some of the things that, you know, the Felton Institute has been doing. Uh, first of all, the Felton Institute has received um, over $16 million from the San Francisco Department of Public Health this fiscal year. Um, but what are they doing with that money? They are using those funds to union bust and to uh, tell workers that they are not allowed to talk to the union, that they are not allowed to organize. Now, Many of y'all know that, you know, San Francisco Department of Public Health, all of us are city, uh, are uh, members of a union. And this nonprofit, you know, they've been going through problem after problem, um, you know, with the CEO treating them unfairly, having uh, high level managers follow workers to, uh, you know, their, uh, you know, to their uh, classrooms, uh, asking them to remove SEIU paraphernalia. Um, you know, even when organizers show up to the Felton Institute, uh, the police has been called on us. Um, but these workers, you know, like any other worker does have a right to organize and does have a right to join the union if that's what they choose to. And uh, there should be no kind of interference from any manager or any employer if those workers want to organize. So we are asking, I mean, you know, after, you know, you've you know heard, you know, from, you know, other folks, you know, we are asking that you inform uh, the CEO who's receiving, uh, you know, dollars from the San Francisco Department of Public Health to we are asking you all to inform him to, you know, stop union busting, stop interfering with the workers wanting to organize and join the union. So that's why we're here. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And then Josie Mooney. Again, my name is Josie Mooney. I'm still the deputy executive director of the union. Um, I've been speaking in front of this commission for more than 30 years, and never have I become before the commission with a heavier heart, more discouraged, and more disenchanted about a nonprofit in town. I have to say that in my more than 30 years of being a union organizer in a variety of situations, um, I was the exec, sorry, I was the um, executive director to the international president of SEIU. I have served in this capacity many years in one job or another, and I have never, ever seen the conduct that we are seeing from the executive director and his staff of Felton Institute, not in more than 30 years of doing this work. I don't know if you know that Supervisor Chan recently passed at the Board of Supervisors unanimously, and then it was recently signed by Mayor Breed, that departments 
may not contract with organizations that union bust. It's said in legalese and much nicer than I just said it, but the fact is that this law has recently been signed, maybe in the last 10 days, and now the department is under orders, if you will, from the mayor and the board of supervisors to take a look at this. I want to tell you that Dr. Colfax has been very helpful to us in listening to us and being very uh, open and honest with us. So I, I want you to know that we very much appreciate that. But now we need the commission to take a position that it is unacceptable to use public dollars to bust the union. These workers need to be lifted up out of poverty. They need to be treated with dignity and respect. They need to be honored for the very challenging work that they do. But more than 80 of them have resigned in the last three years. Now that says something about the conduct of the employer and it says something about the discouragement of the workers who are giving up their work for very, very low wages to offer a service to San Franciscans whose families desperately need these services. But his turnover rate and his vacancy rate is simply unacceptable. So $16 million this year, he is slated to get more than $75 million in contracts by this department over the next decade. We ask you to review the new language passed by the Board of Supervisors. We ask your assistance in holding Al Gilbert accountable as the CEO. And we would ask simply that he give the workers the same 70% raise that he gave himself in the last five years and to lift them up out of poverty and to allow them Time. to live here with dignity and respect. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's uh, so. Um, there's uh, one remote public comment. I'm just reminding um, the commissioners and the public that the commission cannot take action on something that's not been agendized. So this topic could be discussed at a later time, but not today because it's not on the agenda. I see one hand. Um, I may, could you please un unmute that caller? Hi, caller, please oh, let us know hi. you're there. Hi, can you hear me? It's Dr. Teresa yes. Palmer. Yes, Dr. Palmer, please go. Hi, hi, I'm WW. Um, I, wanted, I just wanted to, uh, my solidarity with 1021 and organizing with Fountain Institute and uh, the, the services they supply are so important and the workers need to be able to pay rent. Um, and my other questions are about um, Laguna Honda. San Francisco really is a city that cares. San Francisco General is a wonderful place um, with good oversight and why has Laguna Honda not had equally good oversight? And how can we make sure that it occurs? It is a distinct and very different facility than San Francisco General and needs distinct and different management. Has a chief medical officer been hired yet? Have the 75 people that are awaiting discharge to a lower level of care, uh, have beds been found for them? Will Laguna Honda admissions uh, committee be given the needed support in saying no to inappropriate transfers from San Francisco General, given the pressure to place behaviorally difficult patients anywhere? Um, uh, 
what are we doing about the shortage of um, board and care um, and uh, similar placements for behaviorally um, disordered uh, people in the city? Um, thank you very much. Thank you. That is the last uh, public comment that I see. Well, thank, thank you all for being here today and for giving us this information, for sharing your concerns. We, we really appreciate it. Um, I guess we'll go to the next item, which is the director's report. Good evening, Commissioner Scarnkofax. Health director with the, with the director's report. Um, we have a robust director's report here today, so I will highlight a few items. One is that San Francisco, um, and as part of San Francisco, DPH is preparing for the uh, to host the Asian Pacific Economic Cooperation Leaders Meeting and CEO Summit, known as APEC. Um, and this is an extraordinary opportunity for our city where we will see the largest convening of world leaders here since the UN Charter was signed in 1945. Events will be hosted between November 11th and 18th with main events around Moscone Center, the Waterfront, and Knob Hill. DPH has a significant role in ensuring the success of APEC 2023. Our public health priorities include emergency planning and preparedness, healthcare system security, expanded food safety, increased medical surveillance, and support for special populations. Next item, uh, Chinese hospital subacute unit update. The department has continued to support the development of new subacute beds in the city. San Francisco has only one subacute skilled nursing facility in the city, which is not accepting new patients. DPH is working closely with Chinese hospitals as they pursue skilled nursing facility and subacute SNF licensure and certification for its 23-bed unit. On June 1st of this year, Chinese hospital received SNF license certification from the state of California, a requirement prior to getting certification for subacute beds. Chinese hospital has since hired experienced consultants to guide them through the CMS, re or the CMS certification process. We anticipate that the hospital is now on track to open a new sub-acute SNF unit in late 2025 or early 2026. So good news there, and we'll continue to update the commission. And another item, Maria X. Martinez Health Resource Center recently launched a contingency management program. Uh, this is a contingency, contingency management is an intervention to help people with stimulant use disorder to, to stop or reduce their use. Contingency management is an evidence-based behavioral therapy practice in which participants are offered a tangible incentive like gift cards or of low gift cards of low monetary value to reinforce to reinforce a positive behavior change, such as practicing abstinence from substance use. This is an evidence-based intervention, and we're delighted to be able to expand this effective intervention given the prevalence of methamphetamine use in the city. I also wanted uh, to highlight DPH Dental Services. As uh, you may know, for over 20 years, DPH has partnered with the San Francisco Unified School District to conduct oral health screenings on kindergartners, a program with far-reaching impacts beyond oral health that are essential to our mission of promoting and protecting the health of all San Franciscans. We have partnered with a number of key entities um, with the DPH Dental Services team, which uh, heads back to school every October to administer the surveillance program to all 74 San Francisco Unified School District and school elementary schools and two other school-based programs. And something that I particularly like to emphasize, this program is uh, supported uh, due to the soda tax. Um, so we know that soda is very bad for teeth. And so I'm pleased that the soda tax is supporting this very important intervention. 
And then uh, just speaking of the soda tax, I wanted to highlight um, that this uh, this week we are marking the five-year anniversary of the San Francisco soda tax. Um, there are m multiple events across the city sponsored by DPH's Community Health Equity um, and Promotion Branch. And in fact, uh, earlier today, I was able to join uh, Zuckerberg San Francisco General Grand Rounds, which provided an overview uh, and an update on the soda tax, um, particularly evaluation of the program, which was found to be highly effective and uh, commensurate with other uh, health other health interventions uh, to reduce morbidity and mortality, um, and was pleased that uh, uh, State Controller Amelia Cohen uh, joined us, as well as um, the um, former head of medicine at, at Zuckerberg San Francisco, uh, uh, Dr. Gene Schillinger. So a really uh, nice uh, uh, Grand Rounds event uh, earlier today. And then finally, with our COVID numbers, um, our COVID positivity rate is 4.7%. And at this time across the city, we have 18 people who are hospitalized who have tested positive uh, for COVID. And I will um, take any questions from the commissioners. Thank you. Thank you for the report. Is there any public comment on this item? Uh, in the room. Let's see. Um, folks, please press star three if you'd like to comment on this item. Yes, we see one. Jaime, please unmute that one caller. Hi, caller, please let us know that you're there. Oh, hi. Uh, it's Dr. Palmer again, uh, WW. Um, I wanted to make a comment about um, the subacute skilled nursing um, situation. Um, it is pretty outrageous that we haven't had a subacute skilled nursing facility in the city admitting new patients since um, 2017 and that these very sick people have to go out of town far from family and friends. Um, also, um, you may not know that of the 17 um, subacute SNF patients that were transferred from St. Luke's to Davies in 2018, only four remain alive. This very high death rate was partly due um, to transfer uh, trauma and the need for intensive hands-on uh, RN care and good staffing, um, which was very rocky at Davies. And we need to have very, very good oversight at Chinese Hospital. Subacute sniff care is much more intensive and very distinct from regular skilled nursing care. These people are ventilator dependent. Uh, their next, if anything goes wrong, their next stop is the ICU. They need to be closely watched and there needs to be adequate and very well-trained licensed staff taking care of them and a full panoply of those, including respiratory therapists and RNs. Um, and uh, the doctors need to be very engaged. And so I urge you to um, keep um, really, really good oversight um, over um, the uh, new subacute unit. I'm really, really great that they're going to add 23 beds of subacute care, but those beds um, um, have to keep people alive um, who have chosen to live um, under very difficult situations on advanced life support. And we don't want uh, to happen what happened with the transition between St. Luke's and Davies, the very high death rate. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was the last public comment for this item.
All right, are there any commissioner questions or comments on the director's report? Commissioner Gerardo. I have a question on the Behavioral Health Services um, Award, the grant award of 750,000 going to parent-child interaction therapy. Um, do we know yet where those programs uh, might be? I will get you specifics, Commissioner, on that. I'll uh, follow up with the behavioral health team. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I'd be most interested since it's something I'm putting together with a, a homeless shelter for women and children. Absolutely. We'll get to that information. Any other questions or comments? All right, well, thank you again for the report. A lot covered. Oh, I. Uh, oh, sorry, Commissioner Chow. I didn't see you. I was just trying to use the little hand here, but that's okay. Uh, I I wanted to thank Dr. Koufax for um, giving us uh, uh, some uh, insight into what we were doing with the APEC, and and it began initially with a uh, article that we had seen, Commissioner um, Guillermo and I saw, that indicated that. There was some disturbance uh, amongst some restaurateurs in Chinatown that they were being picked on. But um, the explanation given by our um, environmental health services that I think we all received really, uh, I thought, exemplified the work that our department is getting back to doing in terms of making sure that all the restaurants are safe for our public and that it was not uh, targeted because uh, APEC was coming. Um, and uh, in, in fact, we do know, and I know that uh, the environmental services people have tried very hard to really work with our Chinatown restaurants. And uh, I'm sure I would have heard from more restaurants if there were a issue. So I want to thank you. And, and uh, the subacute unit, uh, and uh, I think has been something in which uh, uh, even before the building of the new uh, CPMC campus was in question. So the uh, Health Commission, just historically, has asked that there be uh, the city's uh, interest in the subcute. And so it's really nice to see that it may be coming to fruition. And I'm not sure why it would take uh, up to 2026 in order to put it into operation, though. Do, do you have some ideas? Is this regulatory or there are uh, issues of, of needing construction or what? Uh, Kelly Hiramoto, who you know has been working on this issue, um, and persevering on this issue and doing a great job uh, has uh, some information to share. Sure. Kelly Hiramoto, Special Projects Manager with the department. Um, much of the delay we anticipate is going to be around um, getting certification. So regulatory, yeah. um, just getting through, um, having CMS come out and do the survey, um, having CDPH come out and do the survey. Um, the delays to this point have really been around um, CDPH signing off on some kitchen uh, modifications that needed to happen, and they were very specific um, and um, required ordering special parts and making sure that we had everything that we needed to to get through that um, uh, evaluation. So, and then the secondary piece that we know that's probably going to take a little bit of extra time is uh, staffing. So, uh, because the staffing ratio has to be very specific to step into subacute and to make sure that we have. Um, 
all of that in place before we get the survey done. So we've been working with them very closely. Um, they did hire a consultant, and that's been helping a great deal to help move things along. Uh, the time estimate is kind of on the outside, um, longish, like if it was going to take a longer term. Um, if things go well, we should be able to get see them get certified sooner. Very good. Uh, um, no, thank you. And uh, it sounds like uh, what we are experiencing also at Laguna in terms of regulations and all. Exactly. <laughs> so perhaps that's almost optimistic. But uh, anyway, the sooner we can get there, because I just remember this is one of those things that have been hanging over for many years. And um, it's nice to see that we are coming to uh, fruition on on uh putting back as a unit into San Francisco. Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you, Commissioner Chaff, for bringing up those two very important items that were in the director's report. And thank you for that update. It's very helpful to know what's going on. We'll look forward to hearing more about the subacute and how it evolves over time. So now we can go to the next item, which is the finance and planning uh, committee update, Commissioner Chung. Thank you, President Green, um, and good afternoon, commissioners. The Finance and Planning Committee met um, right before the commission meeting today, and we review um, the contract reports and also um, quite a few different contracts. Um, one of the main things that I would like to highlight is the, this, is the conversations we have around um, how to support um, some of these organizations that might not be doing too well, you know, like, um, and to make sure that, you know, like they, they have a chance to improve and continue to provide vital services to the city and county of San Francisco. The other things that we also discuss is that we want to make sure that when we, when we receive the contract report, um, that the, the, the reason and the purpose are clearly stated so we know exactly, you know, like what what we are approving. So, um, and um, and Mr. Goodwin had also meant, um, had already mentioned that he's going to go back and work with his staff and to make sure that, um, you know, that that is, you know, will be taken care of um, from now on. So, we shall see. Any public comment on this item? Folks, we're on um, item 10. If you'd like to make public comment, please press star three. I see no hands. Commissioner, questions, comments? Well, thank you. And we're really delighted that you're both looking into how to help some of these organizations that need help, but also that we're coming to a better understanding of what deliverables and, and what objectives the various organizations that we work with are 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 focused on so that's that's really very helpful we'll look forward to hearing more as uh, your reports come along over the coming year so um uh i guess the next item is the joint conference committee and other committee reports so it's uh, commissioner chow from the zfjcc uh yes thank you uh on october 24th the jcc met and reviewed the draft annual report that you saw uh, today, along with the, our standard reports, including the CEO report, the regulatory affairs report, and the human resources report, which uh, continue to, uh, of course, talk about how we were filling our vacancies uh, and, and the problem of staff shortages. Uh, during the medical staff report, 
the committee recommended that the full health commission approve the anesthesia standardized procedures and otolaryngology standardized procedures, which have been put into your packet as a consent calendar, uh, with the exception of procedure 16, which uh, Dr. Ortiz, the chief of medical staff, asked to be removed because it is still under the uh, in the closed session, we approved the PIPs uh, minutes and the October staff credentials report. And that ends my report. Thank you. Is there any public comment on this item? I see no hands uh, on remotely and no one in the room. Any commissioner comments or questions? All right. Then the next item is the consent calendar. And I believe Commissioner Chung and Commissioner Chow will give some details about the items um, that their committees were responsible for. And then we'll take public comment in one vote on all of these items. Um, yes, you know, like we want to uh, specifically um, uh, extract ex extract um, the contracts report, um, and within it, we are ticking off one of the um, contracts with um, Bardi Diagnostic, and um, it is for the San Francisco Health Network. And the reason is because we are still not clear on the, you know, the, the terms, the contract terms, um, because there's some discrepancy between okay. what's listed and also, you know, in the, in the narrative. Um, and so, yeah, so we, we are asking them to come back um, next meeting so that we can um, add that back to the contract report for the next month. Uh, um, and, that's that's the only thing that um, we we need to be aware of. All right, and then Commissioner Chow, there are um, uh, privileges that we have um, asked the full commission to approve and protocols. Uh, right, these are uh, standard procedures uh, that actually mirror what the um, uh, 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 clinical services use for the uh, medical uh, privileges. And uh, we ask uh, that you uh, approve those as um, I, I noted in my report, except for procedure 16, if that's still in your docket. But that, uh, uh, I, I don't know if that was sent out or not, because that should be extracted then. Yes, and if I can clarify, the otolaryngology um, procedure 16 is the one that's taken out. Everything else will be voted All on. Right. Uh, All right, so we need a motion to approve the consent calendar. And is there a second? Second. Now, is there any public comment? Uh, folks on the line, we are on item 12. If you'd like to make comment, please press star three. No um, no comments, so I will do a roll call vote. Commissioner Chow, how do you vote on this item? Yes. All right, and Commissioner, everyone else, um, please say aye if you're if it's a yes. Aye. Aye. And I hear no, no nays. So um, the consent calendar passes. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. The next item is other business. Is there any other business? Seeing none. Oh, I need to check for public comment just for the. So, uh, folks, if you'd like to make comment on item 13, other business, please press star three. All right, I see no hands. All right. So the next item on our agenda is closed session. And there, if I can uh, jump in, Commission, uh, President, there are two votes. You'll vote one on a closed session, and then also you'll vote on a closed session specific to item 11D, the settlement, which will also include attorney client asserting attorney client privilege. So you'll do two separate votes. Will you um, walk us through this? I will walk you through it, yes. So um, please consider a motion to go into closed session. 
So moved. I so move. Second. Okay, um, we'll take public comment on this item. Anyone would like to make comment? We're on item 14A. Please let us know by pressing star three. Okay, um, there's no comments. Alder roll call vote. Commissioner Chow, how do you vote on this item? Yes. And other commissioners, please say aye if you're, it's a yes. Aye. 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 No, okay, great. And then a separate vote to hold a closed session uh, asserting your attorney-client privilege for the settlement discussion. Second. All right, um, there's no public comment because you only do public comment once on a closed session item. Commissioner Chow, how do you vote on this item? Yes. All right, and other commissioners, please say aye if it's a yes. Aye. And I hear no nays. Okay, great. So give me 30 seconds to take us into closed session, please. And could someone, um, Julie, actually, I'll, I'll close the door. Give me one second. Yeah, could you? It takes a little bit to pull. TV, San Francisco Government Television.
join us again because I had to bump them off before we can continue the meeting. Okay. Are they back? No, not quite yet. Uh, okay, great. Um, yeah, so please consider a motion to disclose or not disclose issues that were discussed in closed session. Motion not to disclose. All right, um, Commissioner Chow, how do you vote on this item? Yes. All right, and um, all those uh, in favor, say aye. 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 All right, I, I hear no yeas, so um, thank you. And now consideration for adjournment. Motion to adjourn. Second. All right, Commissioner Chow, how do you vote on this item? Yes. All right, and everyone else, um, all in favor? Aye. Okay, thank you so much, everyone, for attending and joining. And again, congratulations to commissioners, to President Green and Vice President Guillermo. <laughs> oh, yes.